EMDR chat with Kurt and Michelle. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Curtis Roundson. And I am Dr. Michelle Gottlieb. We, um, we've been thinking a lot about what we want to do on this podcast. There has been a lot, well, I don't know about a lot, but there's been some conversation lately in the larger world of clinicians talking about mm, the efficacy of EMDR therapy. Is it really a thing? And we really wanted to to talk to you all about it because, first off, this used to be a huge conversation back when uh, Dr. Shapiro started EMDR therapy, yeah. and and now it's come up again. And it's we just want to make sure you guys have really good information to make good choices. So, Kurt, did you want to start maybe with some of the history? We can start oh, with that. Of course, when when Francine began uh, what was then EMD. One of the things that made it such a target for other therapies and other uh, therapeutic uh, approaches was that it got quick results in a population where pretty much they had been written off as having to suffer their entire life, and that was people suffering from post-traumatic stress. The results in, in other kinds of therapies were very dismal. Today, we know that part of the reason is that uh, trauma is not processed the, the completely by words. It's on other uh, nonverbal and physiological states that have to be processed, which EMDR does. EMDR is not a talk therapy. But I find it interesting that there's been a renewed um, targeting of EMDR about its effectiveness uh, today and often quoting uh, articles that were written 25 years ago and have already been since disproven. So there hasn't been a lot of really good, you know, uh, checking out of the research in some of these articles. But uh, EMDR has proven to be very effective, over 40 uh, randomized controlled studies. And uh, which the, is, if you don't do not know, that is the gold standard. Random control studies are the gold standard. We have over forty that say EMDR therapy is an effective psychotherapy. And you know, part of what we also are running across uh, in our work, M Michelle and I, is people that have been said they've had EMDR therapy, and when then it didn't work, or it caused them to get worse. Um, but when we inquire about what really happened in the session, what we discover is that, number one, either the person doing it said they were doing EMDR therapy, and they were not, like putting headphones on and just talking to someone, or uh, they demonstrate an absolute lack of training in the basic protocol of EMDR therapy. Um, and Michelle and I, we, we laugh about this all the time, that people who become the best EMDR therapist out there were people who were good therapists before they got EMDR trained. So that also is a factor. Now, let's, let's talk about the studies a little bit more. You mentioned the 40 RCTs. Um, there's something that also that's, oh gosh, I want to say the last five years, Kurt, you may have better years than I have about that, is one of the things, because one of the arguments historically and more recently about EMDR therapy is that the bilateral stimulation, whether, again, it's auditory or visual or tactile, that that's not really necessary. That's just kind of an added bell and whistle, and that there's nothing new about EMDR therapy. Well, they've done component analysis on the bilaterals, and we have found that <laughs> that they are incredibly necessary to make EMDR therapy as effective as it is. And I think that's a really important piece that people need to be aware of. We actually have studied this and we have the evidence. And you know, Michelle, what's really interesting is that uh, those comments were also made 25 years ago. Right. And uh, uh, people studied uh, 
you know, either EMDR without eye movements or with eye movements. And what was interesting <clears throat> is that in the actual studies, um, the study itself showed that those that had eye movements had had uh, uh, better relief from their symptoms. However, when that study was summarized and reviewed by an outside reviewer, their conclusion was the eye movements was not helpful. And yet in the study itself, as you look at the study, it was very clearly that eye movement group uh, were sufficiently improved. Uh, and I, I just think it's interesting. And the other thing is that, you know, EMDR is exposure therapy, and that's we are not in exposure therapy. We goes about it completely different than prolonged exposure. And uh, one of the things EMDR does is actually reintegrates, restructures the traumatic memory itself. It doesn't just create a competing memory to uh, uh, extinguish a response. It really does restructure and reintegrate the memory in a different format. You know, as long as we're talking about uh, research um, that may not have shown what the researcher wanted to show, Kurt, you got to talk about the Prozac study. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. For any of you who are aware of this, you're going to get this. You probably have not read it in any journal because I don't believe it ever got published. Uh, but uh, Bessel van der Kolk, you know, one of the leading international research psychiatrist, uh, several years ago did a study comparing EMDR to Prozac. It's really interesting because, you know, Prozac was one of the very first um, medications used to treat PTSD uh, because they believed it was associated with low serotonin. And so Prozac is still often common given to PTSD. Ironically, it is, is, uh, it is shown to be uh, a little less effective for uh, veterans that have been in war or those that have been uh, child onset abuse. Uh, it works best with adult onset uh, trauma, I should say. Well, what, what Vanderkolk did, he, he took a, a group of people, uh, and I think, I can't remember the exact number, but he had uh, EMDR group and a Prozac group. Oh, there was 88 subjects. 30 received EMDR therapy and 28 Prozac, and the rest had a placebo, a, a um, sugar pill. And what they found was that the group on Prozac did slightly better than the placebo group, uh, but barely so. And, and this was typical of most studies of, for drugs with PTSD. Simply showing up brings an additional 5 to 15%. Simply showing up. However, the patients on EMDR did substantially better than those either on Prozac or placebo. And after eight EMDR sessions, one in four were completely cured. That is, they did not meet PTSD's symptomology anymore. And when interviewed, the uh, EMDR subjects, 60% of those who received EMDR scored as completely before eight months later. That was really, in, in contrast, all those who had Prozac relapsed when they went off the drug. And what was really important, it demonstrated for the first time that a focused trauma-specific therapy for PTSD like EMDR, could it be much more effective than medication? And I, I find that he talks about that in, in his book, The Body Keeps the Score. And <clears throat> that's a very significant study, and we don't hear much about it. And, it and could... Kurt, why is that, that perhaps well, we don't hear too much about that? I think part of it might have had to do with the fact, I may be incorrect, but I think part of it was it was funded by Eli Lilly that, that makes Prozac. And um, I don't know if that's behind it or that's just my speculation, but... I find it interesting that we don't find much information about it except when Vanderkolk 
talks about in his book. So that's some of the research that we wanted to put out there. And there's there's more research coming in, goodness, every day. If you go to emdria.org, E-M-D-R-I-A.org, it has lists and lists of phenomenal research going on. So that's the first thing that we wanted to say. There's a ton of research, and it's good research. Which, let me say this quickly, there is a difference between good research and not so good research. Kurt alluded to um, that one study that showed BLS was effective, and yet when they did the write-up, it didn't say that. So it's important when you read a study, you don't just read the abstract, and you don't just read the last paragraph. You actually look at what's being done and said. Um, because y- you may find out whether it's a good study or not a good study. So and I'll, there's that piece. I want to add mm-hmm. one other caveat there, too, is that most of us, as I probably said before on this podcast, we quit reading research when we left graduate school. And so we rely upon other people who review research to tell us what the research means. And uh, uh, I mentioned the fact that almost 21 years ago now, um, uh, Byron Perkins and I wrote an article uh, going through the, all the literature on re- EMDR at that time, 2002, was published. And we went through what the research actually said. And we went through what the reviewers of the research said it said. And we defined the differences under three categories, what we call the sins of omission, commission, and distortion. And it, it's uh, you can still find it in print in the Journal of Clinical Psychology. And that was tw- now 21 years ago. And uh, these same things creep up every once in a while. You know, another one Michelle creeps up, I mm. just want to throw out, is that EMDR is uh, nothing but hypnosis. Right? My, I, have, I have clients ask me that on a regular basis. Yeah. I, you know, it's just like, oh, I, I, you know, it's not hypnosis. I mean, study, EEG studies have shown that in hypnotic trance, there tends to be a movement in brain waves into an alpha state, which is a relaxed state. Uh, but in EMDR therapy, it, it's, an, it's a completely alert state, beta state, which looks like you know, those on a EEG beta waves are like a sawtooth, salt like saw. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and ironically, uh, when we're in REM sleep, the REM sleeps look very much like beta waves. It's very interesting. I wonder if it has something to do with dreams and rapid eye movements. Who would have thought of that? I know. Isn't that interesting? Um, and what's interesting about that as well is again, if you're in hypnotic trance, you are listening more and being told what to do. In EMDR therapy, I don't talk much and I listen more to my client. They're telling me stuff. So it, again, who's who is in charge in hypnotic trance versus EMDR therapy is an important thing to look at as well. Right. It, and I do tell my clients that I'd love to make them bark like a dog, but that's not what happens. No, not at all. No. So Kurt, the other thing that you and I were talking about earlier was because people have talked about there's no real theory here. All, all it is is theory. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, no one knows how EMDR works. It's just theory. I, I love that comment. Uh, it, it speaks to some misunderstanding of research, I'm afraid, because everything we do is theory. Behavioral theory, learning theory, psychoanalytic theory etc, etc, etc. Everything's a theory. In, in science, everything is theory. That's a speculation of why something might work. And when something is proven, it's called a law. That's why we have the law of gravity, Michelle, and the theory mm-hmm. of relativity. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So what we do know in EMDR therapy, and perhaps this is true of all 
therapies that are effective in the treating of trauma over time is that you see the shifts in brain function pre and post treatment. And pre and post treatment for EMDR shows a shift uh, of brain activity and freeing up and allowing other aspects of your brain to work more uh, to work. Because in the midst of trauma, there's a closing down of parts of the brains and a firing up of other parts of the brain. And this is what we see shifting. Now, other, other approaches that help may show that same shift, but we do know EMDR does it because they've done spec scans. Vanderkolt done spec scans. Uh, Amon has done, uh, I mean, uh, Vanderkolt did PET scans. Amon does spec scans. And you see the changes in the brain. So how, why are those, why does the brain change? Well, that's theory. And when Vanderkolk published the uh, Prozac study, he was asked, how does EMDR work? And his comment was, and excuse me, he said, hell, we don't know why Prozac works. It's all theory. Right. Yeah. And actually, let me, again, let me kind of go way back. And I, Kurt, I'm going to guess you're going to have something to say about this as well. Um, early on, when it was still EMD, we had not yet gotten the R, um, there was not AIP, Adaptive Information Processing. We didn't have the theory that supported why why we were doing what we were doing. Francine hadn't gotten to that yet. And then that was a complaint people had, is it was merely um, like technology, but it really, it really wasn't a, a therapy. But as Francine continued on with her work and she developed AIP, now we have a theory that supports EMDR therapy that is continuing to evolve based on all of this research and all this education and learning that we all have. Oh, yeah. In the early days, Francine was, you know, accused of, of, of just having a gimmick uh, and, you know, wanting to market a gimmick. Um, and basically, you know, or they said it was exposure and there's only exposure and, and I move is mean nothing. Uh, and today we know that's simply not true. And Francine had stumbled upon a methodology that she had to, to explain. And that's where the adaptive information processing model emerged in her attempt to explain why the eye movements had an effect. And, you know, European studies do show that eye movement uh, very rapidly diminished the vividness of visual memory. They've shown that in the lab. What I, what I love is that, you know, again, we as we always say, it's an innate mechanism of the brain. She didn't invent this. She just discovered it. But that the cultures worldwide historically have used bilaterals like drums, drumming, things like that, that have been very therapeutic. This is just, you know, the West calls things different things. Yeah. But. And that, and you'll find, uh, you'll find uh, Vanderkolk talking about that and the body keeps the score about communal healing processes and dancing mm -hmm. and things like that, that uh, are specific to certain cultures. It's sort of, it was sort of a uh, community way of dealing with traumatic trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Gabor Mate, the same thing. Yes. He talks about it as well. Yes. We don't have a ton of time left, so I did want to say a couple of other things um, for those people who are still wondering if there's anything there, there. Um, there are many, many, many organizations, governmental agencies that recommend EMDR therapy. And when I go through some of the stuff, you'll know that I want you to, to hear the names I'm saying, that these are not people who, um, just for the fun of it, decided to join in, that they really look at research and they really want to make sure that good things, that people are doing the right things for clients. Let's start with the World Health Organization. In fact, the World Health Organization said, oh, wow, seven, eight years ago now, because we used to just say EMDR, and they're like, you are a therapy. 
you are a complete and total therapy, refer to yourself as a therapy. World Health Organization wants EMDR therapy done everywhere, everywhere there's a trauma. So World Health Organization it absolutely sees EMDR therapy as, as positive. SAMHSA, which is uh, the alcohol uh, governmental agency, they see EMDR therapy as valuable. The VA, there's politics there, of course, but the VA recommends EMDR therapy. ISSTS, which is the International Society for the Trauma of... Uh, the study of tra- uh, uh, dissociation and trauma. Oh, that's ISSTDS. Oh, that's right. International this Society, Society for, for Traumatic for Stress traumatic Studies. St- that one, yep. that one. Um, APA, both the um, American Psychological Association and the American Psychiatric Association, both APAs, recommend it. Um, the Australian Australian guidelines for PTSD have it. The Israeli guidelines have it. Um, let's see. Have I missed any? Nation- Probably, United Nations High, Co- High Commissioner for Refugees that suggests it. What were you going to say? The National Institute of Clinical Excellence, uh, which is a European organization. The Cochrane database, and if you know anything about the Cochrane studies, they, they before they add anything, they do a deep dive into whether it's going to work or not. So again, more and more and more organizations, states, countries are recommending EMDR therapy because it works. Well, and frankly, you know, we've gotten uh, EMDR therapy has gotten a lot of um, uh, what we say uh, uh, social Publicity. time. Publicity, mm-hmm. thank you, uh, recently because of some high-profile people that have come out and, and credited EMDR therapy with uh, their improvement, their staying sober, them dealing with traumas, and, you know, from actors to royalty, and you could go mm-hmm. through a whole list. And I find right? it fascinating that uh, that this is happening now. You know, it usually takes 100 years for a theory to come into prominence. You know, it's analytic theory took almost 100 years. Um, but Francine Shapiro was able to take it from a technique into a, a theory and uh, showed studies that showed it effective in her lifetime. And that is simply an amazing feat. And so building on what Kurt just said, clients are hearing about EMDR therapy everywhere, all over social media, right? It's everywhere now. And people are going to come in and asking you to do MDR therapy with them. We said in an earlier podcast, we talked about how to find a good training company. Um, so please get trained by a good training company. If you are already trained, wonderful. Thank you. Get certified. Uh, find a good consultant. If you're already certified, you're on the process somewhere, take advanced trainings. There's so much more for us to learn. And whether that's dissociation or addictions or working with kids, whatever, Keep learning. There's so there's so much more healing we all need to do. I, I learn something every week. <clears throat> um, Seriously. So it's an ongoing process. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us and listening in. Um, uh, by the way, if you ever have any topics you want us to talk about, please let us know that. We really appreciate all that you do and all the healing you do. And thank you, can, you. you can contact us through emdrprofessionaltraining.com. Thank you. Thank you.